Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you from SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, sort of. Or is it? Yes, plot twist. Aha. Yes, I'm your normal host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and here's the normal co-host, B.T. Calloway. Co-host to you, too. But this isn't a normal episode today, oh no. No, today we bring you something special from behind the Patreon paywall. Yeah, so we're doing this podcast on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash sidequeststudios, where we're reviewing the movies that star the cast of The Simpsons. Yeah, like you've never seen them before, physically. And oh boy, we've got a lot of different variations on there. And one Mm -hmm. of the Patreon perks, if you sign up to our $5 a month tier, is you get to tell us which movies we are going to review that star the cast of The Simpsons. Yeah, you can make us watch terrible crap or actually good movies. But it's probably going to be crap, isn't it? (laughs) We know you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, The Simpsons Index, we we indulge in reviewing things along the crap and excellent Mm. spectrum. So the movies have been a lot of fun as well. Yeah. So we ran a little tournament with all the movies that we'd reviewed already on Starring Springfield. I don't know if we'd mentioned it. That's what we call the podcast over there. But anyway, yeah, we had such crap as Godzilla 98 and Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. 93, but then some awesome stuff like This is Spinal Tap and Heat. Yeah. In the final round, it was This is Spinal Tap and Heat. And as you could probably tell by the title of this podcast, This is Spinal Tap 1. Yeah, so let's stop listening to us talk about explaining it and get to us talking about it. (laughs) So yeah, uh, once again, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. Five Mm. bucks a month unlocks over 100 podcasts at this stage and still adding a bonus one every single week. Lots of Simpsons-focused content, but yeah, especially this show starring Springfield. Shall we get into it, BT? I think now is time for This Is Spinal Tap. (laughs) Yeah, and we're going (coughs) to unlock it from the paywall. And there's going to be a little bit of delay because the pod won't open properly. <laughs> like in that movie we're about to review. Oh my. <laughs> All right. Where the pod didn't open properly. Wait, excellent use of pod. Coming to you from the SideQuest Studios exclusive podcast feed. Hello out there, Patreon! How are y'all doing tonight? Get ready to rock, because this is Starring Springfield. All right, yeah. There will be no encores. <laughs> Nobody rocks like Patreon. <laughs> like heroes. <laughs> uh, but of course, yes, this is the podcast where we're reviewing the movies that star the cast of The Simpsons. Mm. And this is a sort of part two of sorts where the Pauls of one good thing, you know, they're both heroes on our Patreon and they coordinated an attack. Yep. They gave us click to review, which we got through. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they rewarded us with something great to what we're reviewing today. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I am so fucking excited to dig Mm -hmm. into this yeah this is Spinal Tap first released in 1984 starring Harry Shearer BT what'd you think rock and roll (laughs) ah dude this is just so good I haven't seen this in a long long time and I was kind of curious with the critical eye how it works out but man just ah it is so good (laughs) man I forgot how many moments and like memes and stuff were buried into my head from this movie and just what really impresses me is just how restrained the humor is. It's all mm. just, in, and the details on this are amazing as well. Like some of them are just rock and roll details. Like I don't think, you know, last time I watched this, I don't think I noticed Derek Small's bass has the uh, Van Halen kind of stripes. So that's oh, a right. nice little reference. Um, for some reason, Nigel is always wearing a Gumby shirt. At one point he has just Gumby in his pocket, but, and it never gets referred to. But what I like is that's just a character detail and it's just what he's doing. You know, it's not... It's not a big deal. It's just there. That completely got by me. I had no idea yeah. of that. <laughs> no, that was the thing. It was like, yeah, one point he's wearing a Gumby shirt, and later on there's a little Gumby figure in his pocket. And it's just, it's, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just noticed a bunch more little details, lots of, lots of rock references. I know when I first watched this, I didn't know what a big deal a 1959 Les Paul sunburst was, but mm. uh, whew, do I know now? Oh yeah. Oh, the sustain on that thing as well. Oh, it just goes and goes. Yeah, I got to keep <laughs> slipping into British because it's too much fun. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, well, 
Might as well jump ahead to the play count question. Uh, have you mm-hmm. seen this movie before? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I mean, not for a really long time. Uh, and as we discovered trying to watch this one, it is kind of not available on any streaming service, which I'm assuming there's some kind of legal complications, but it was very frustrating. Uh, we had to go to the high seas to get it. Yeah, I, I had a glance at the Wikipedia. Apparently there is like a bunch of... Uh, uh, at least one big lawsuit going on at the moment with them and the rights to the movie versus the rights yeah. to the music and the rights to the image you know, and stuff think, like that. It's because um, very complicated. Yeah, even I even went to see because I was like I think I said on the last starring Springfield I really wanted to buy the DVD I should have that in my collection and I looked up the last pressing was 2010 and obviously yeah, there's right. been legal complications since then so you can't even get the damn thing which is nonsense. Mm. Just to answer the play count question as well like. I think I first saw this movie when I was 14 and about mm. 50 times since then. Um, yeah, yeah. I too, it's been a long while, but I mean, especially because in high school, I was just all in on rock music. And, oh yeah, me too. Like, I, I think yeah. I watched this when I first started playing guitar and yeah. Yeah, I believe it was my friend Siobhan who first showed me this movie and before we even had a word for it meme, like it was filled with memes that me oh, yeah. and my rocker friends would quote to each other. Because, yeah, for those that don't know as well, this is like a, a mockumentary, fake documentary on mm. the um, an American tour of an English rock band. And yeah. for long-time listeners of Starring Springfield, yeah, it's the same crew as A Mighty Wind. Yeah, yeah. well, best in show, if you've seen that one. Yep, uh, mascots as well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Christopher Guest movie where they've got certain story beats they're hitting, but the dialogue is largely mm. improvised. Yeah, that's something I'm really curious about. What is actually in script and what's uh, just improv. I know it's a lot of improv, but I'm just really curious what parts are pulled from where. And Because, yeah, I mean, obviously, story beat-wise, it's hitting a lot of, you know, rock and roll movies and a lot of rock stories and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, if you know these things, it's an absolute treasure. There's a couple of times, I think, where I sort of noticed them, they kind of breaking a little, but... yeah. Fair I also enough. some like, of this stuff is hilarious. Yeah, well, like when Rob Reiner goes to him as well, like, oh uh, yeah, your album Shark Sandwich just had a two-word review, shit sandwich, <laughs> and the way that they're laughing looked genuine, like they were surprised by that. But then, yeah. if if that was the case, then they were able to laugh through it and like deliver some more dialogue afterwards. They didn't actually break character in that way. Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are so fucking talented. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the um, let's play the IMDb billing game. Where do Oof. you think Harry Shearer, our, uh, our qualifying uh, actor for this movie? Um, sure. I'm going to say, because I think Rob Reiner's probably going to get hit first. Um, and then no one else is, even, oh, this is 88, so I'm going to say he is fourth. Oh, so close. He is third. Damn. Once again, equaling his placing in a mighty wind. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair. Um, yeah, because this is 88, this is pre-Simpsons really blowing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is yeah, 84, yeah. so yeah. We're oh, 84, sorry. Oh, 84, why did I say 88? Fuck, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, yeah okay, definitely then. Yeah. Um, what? but, you know, he's, well, I mean, I figured Rob Ryan would get first billing because he was probably the most famous at that point, then, you know, uh, the, the two guitarists, and then yeah. the bass player, poor bass players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got to say, Harry Shearer, he... he he doesn't have a lot in this movie. No. He has a but few moments, but... That's kind of what I love. Despite not having a lot, he does have a great presence, and everything he does do is so much more memorable. Um, yeah. And I do like, even story-wise, that he's the much more chilled-out one. He's the one who's maybe a bit, you know, during the whole Stonehenge debacle, he has the genuine question, are we doing Stonehenge <laughs> tomorrow? And that's really funny. But then yeah. I like, story-wise, that at a certain point, when Janine takes over the management, he actually, you can start to see him getting annoyed, and it's like... Okay, if your chill member is starting to get pissed off, you have problems. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it is mostly Christopher Guest and Michael McKeon as well. Like, mm. again, just fucking fantastic oh, actors. Man. and So good. Yeah, with Rob Reiner sort of playing the straight man, the interviewer um, yeah, sort of yeah. thing. And he even gets a couple of good licks in there as well. Oh, man. Early on, he goes up. They've cemented their reputation of one of Britain's loudest bands. Yeah. I just love that. It's, that's the kind of subtle joke telling we've gotten here. It's not one of their greatest, it's, but they're definitely one of the loudest. I was reading up, because, uh, yeah, I like to do a quick bit of research going into these things. Um, yep. And, yeah, apparently for research, Rob Reiner went to a Judas Priest show and walked out after, like, two songs because he was like, 
I could feel the sound in my chest. Yeah. I was worried I was going to have a heart attack. That's how you know it's good, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wear earplugs, feel it in your body. You want to feel rules. your clothes vibrating from the bass waves. That's what you want. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, feel them from the bass waves we do with, obviously, my favorite song in the mix, Big Damn. Bottom. Yeah, and I don't know if it was you or just a random factoid that came across me that they're all playing bass in this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, it's and it's a, it's a. Le- I think it's a legitimately fun song. Like, <laughs> it's great. Um, not complicated, but it's fucking fun. Well, um, because me and Ben we went to music uni, and we we had a regular class called concert prac where mm. we'd basically get like assigned a song to do and then we could do uh, uh, like one or two songs of our choosing it sort of changed depending yeah. on the term anyway one time this kid asked me and two other bass players to play big bottom with them and it was so much fucking fun like because oh, especially like for bass players like i mean there's lots of bands with two sometimes three guitarists you don't yeah. have multiple bass players in a band it very was, rarely really fucking cool to play with my friends who you know we talk shop we talk bass but you never get to actually jam together yeah yeah but we rarely got to actually play together and work out this arrangement and, and sort of figure out okay so your rhythm bass your lead bass and your bass bass yeah you gotta you gotta find out ways to like complement each other and not kind of have the lines collide so that's very yeah cool. absolutely and yeah, so Guest and McKeon are playing like regular basses, but then Harry Shearer's got this double neck bass, yep. and one of them's an eight string bass. Holy fuck. Ah, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. It's it's a delight. And yeah, the song is fun. I genuinely like it. might be my favorite booty anthem, yeah. other than <laughs> Baby's Got Back, of course. But uh, Oh, we got to make this playlist on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Talk about mud flaps. My girl's, girl's got them. <laughs> uh, just everything in that song's a pun as well. How can I leave I this behind? Ah, uh, <laughs> so that was something I really loved about this one because a mighty wind. I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to go back and count because I feel like there's just much more music in this. Yeah. But that said, the music is written in such a way that it's still a joke, but it's still a song. Like you do kind of buy it a lot more. And I think maybe just heavy metal gives you more freedom to have ridiculous nonsense played off as being real, whereas a mighty wind, it's a bit harder to, you know, have a folk song that's stupid. Well, the instrumentation is, like, in its nature in folk, just so pulled back. It's a a lyric-first genre, whereas, like, I think in that way, maybe you're right, yeah, heavy metal is just a bit easier to parody because there Mm. is so much extravagance in the vocals and the instrumentation and the stage work as well. And so many of the jokes on the stage work, like, being incorporated with the music as well because it does feel like we're stopping for music clips, like, for... you know, two or three minutes at a time. Yeah, but that said, it's because in in universe they're making a documentary about the band, so of course you stop for these kind of things. Uh, that said, I did kind of notice um, the the main kind of the song they play at the beginning of the end. I'm not sure what it's called. Tonight I'm going to rock you. I'm assume. Yeah, I'm assuming that has some very uh, uncomfortable lyrics because they're all like, uh, "You're too young and I'm too well hung." And there's a bit about. <sighs> Her still having her baby teeth. But that said, it's such a rock and roll thing to be like, you know, write songs and later on you find out, oh, that girl they're singing about was 14. Shit. She was just 17. You know what I mean. What do you mean, Paul? (laughs) Yeah. Explain yourself because that's illegal even back then. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. But it's just it's that kind of thing. But that's what I feel the joke is. It's like, yeah, that's what they're parodying. And I think uh, it just. The music is just so much more predominant in this one and hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in moments like Stonehenge as well, where oh, God, the God. ridiculously <laughs> small Stonehenge is being lowered. <laughs> well, even then, there's a great line where he's doing the, um, you know, back in England, there were the Druids. No one knew who they were or what they were doing. It's yeah. something so, like, I can see what they're going for, this kind of mysticism that, you know, exists in rock and roll, but just to get it slightly wrong, like, oh, what are they up to? Yeah, um, well, and I could see and understand how this would, like, go over some people's heads, like, because mm. they're doing it so authentically and so genuine that it, yeah, uh, you could mistake know- it for being real. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to know, okay, this is a joke, this is meant to be stupid. Um, And yeah, you kind of need to know, certain things will fly over your head. I like during one of Nigel's solos where he's, you know, shredding out on one guitar and playing the other guitar with his foot and then picks up a violin (laughs) and starts dragging that across the strings. Uh, But, you know, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin famously played a guitar solo with the 
bow of a violin. Not the violin itself, the bow. Yeah. But that's kind of what it's paralleling. It's like, oh yeah, he played it with the he played it with the bow. We went a bit more extreme, and this is just instrument on instrument, you know, that kind of, you can imagine it's something that has a discussion between the musicians of how do we do this? How do we go bigger? Uh, yeah. Like in universe. And I like that. Well, as well, like they were parodying, you know, the excess with the guitar with three humbuckers mm. and fucking yeah. that ends up being Ace Frehley's signature model. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, at a certain point, parody just becomes reality. Well, I mean, especially when you're talking about the band Kiss, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they started big. Where are they supposed to go from there? Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, fuck. I'm trying to remember that, like, uh, the flower band song that they were playing as well. Listen as, like... to what the flower people say. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. The earlier one where they were, like, oh. uh, post-skiffle group. Give me some money. Yeah, yeah. That one. That one. There's a line in it. You know what I want? Or maybe you don't. Like, yeah. Oh, I love that shit so much. Um, Yeah. Uh, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky movie? I mean, do- someone does spontaneously combust. Uh, <laughs> the running joke with the drummers is fucking I excellent. And I love that carries over to the Simpsons. Well, no, the drummer doesn't die, but when the half-inflated Satan collapses, it falls down on the drummer. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a very neat detail. Yeah, I don't think the Simpsons would ever actually kill a person outside of a treehouse of horror, but... I mean, they probably have. Actually, just quickly on that, did you hear that they're going to do treehouse of two Treehouse of Horror episodes this year? Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Let's go for it. So they're finally going to be... The Treehouse of Horror numbers will finally match the season. <gasps> Final. Jeez, it only took 36 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All, right. All right. Nice, nice. I'm for that. Mm. Sorry, what were we actually on there before? Wackiness. Wackiness. Uh, do I have any notes of W-Wack? I don't know if I do. See, that's the thing. With, and you were saying with the understated comedy, it's all mm. within the realms of possibility. And yeah. a lot of bands like this, like, so caught up in their own grandeur or whatever, don't realize the stupidity of it all. Like, yep. and I mean, what better encapsulates that with, than with the these go up to 11 fucking bit? Yeah, which... ah, come on. Just the most iconic moment. To the point where IMDb fan page uh, Spinal Taps reviews go up to 11. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you didn't know that? No, you go, I think it's IMDb. Um, everyone Holy. else is, you know, ranked out of 10, but Spinal this is Spinal Tap is ranked out of 11. Oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that the, the this one goes to 11 bit. It's just iconic and it's so good and I just love it so much. And everything else in that bit, it's like, just don't even point at that one. I've not even played it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah oh yeah so good um like and i was watching it as well with the critical eyes like okay why has this it goes to 11 bit you know become so iconic and it's just all that it's caught up in the grandeur it's like yeah gonna make it fucking metal gonna make it loud make it go to 11 and then rob Reiner went why don't you just make 10 louder and then just sort of the vacant stare on (laughs) nigel tufnell and just uh, but these go to 11 11. like (laughs) classic no, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of... You need to have seen, like, rock stars being interviewed to kind of catch some of these. There's a great bit towards the end where someone's like, so is this the end of Spinal Tap? And he just goes on this long-winded rant of, you know, how do you... They say the universe never ends, and how do you how do you have an end to something that is undefined by its infinity or whatever it just goes on? Yeah. Like, yeah, I've seen interviews where you've caught a musician really off guard, but they give you an answer... It's not a coherent one, but it exists. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, yeah, the the interviews and stuff, uh, when they're interviewing the manager and it's like, you know, we're seeing the audience numbers dwindling, would you say, yeah, yeah. the fan base yeah. is dwindling? No, I'd say that's becoming more selective. Just like <laughs> the same thing. fucking PR <laughs> bullshit. Like. Exactly. That said, I, I kind of love Ian. He's kind of great. Yep. Oh, uh, God. I wrote this down as well. Uh, he was played by Tony Hendra, uh, who unfortunately, yeah passed away last year oh damn Um, that sucks yeah it it was an absolute talent i didn't really recognize him from many other things i saw his big credit is being an english satirist so um so i think he worked on like a lot of early projects with these guys before this Mm. one um yeah but he, he was really good in this yeah, he does a great job. He's, again, a bit of the straight man, but he's still within the, the chaos. So yeah. I like his whole bit about, you know, having the cricket bats. Like, sometimes it is handy to have a nice hefty piece of wood in the <laughs> topsy-turvy world of rock and roll. <laughs> Absolutely. And he does smash the shit out of a TV, and that looks pretty real. <laughs> oh, man, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's probably good for the wackiness, but how about the heart of this movie? Sorry, I just you- read my line of, uh, uh, the gig's been cancelled in Boston. Don't worry too much. It's not a big college town. Uh, it is. 
Oh, oh, right. <laughs> that, that's why MIT is. And also the uh, uh, and the really others. big music school there as well. Fuck. The only music school I know is Juilliard, and I think that's New York, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's another big one in Boston. Fuck, that's going to drive me Whatever. mental. Anyway, yeah. how is the heart in this movie? Um, again, it's it's more the the subtle conflicts, uh, mostly between Nigel and Janine, which I did really like because mm. they never outright say too much. Like Berkeley. you can tell, they, sorry, Berkeley, of course, Berkeley. But yeah, just the kind of subtle butting of heads, even from when he first realizes she's coming on tour, and we don't know. Maybe maybe this is because they uh, had a thing in the past. We don't know. Like when he storms off stage, and he just stares at her, yeah. doesn't say anything, and just kind of looks at her. And that's kind of enough to really get it across. Yeah, it's it's and all her crap about the Zodiac and that's so uh, funny. Taking over as manager and yeah, organizing a touring schedule and fucking hotel bookings around the astrology is just it's so good. It's just mm-hmm. such a oh fuck, this band is doomed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like kind of the main parts. Again, the heart is all very subtle. It's that slow dawning on nigel that oh shit she's coming on and that the disruption that that causes which is never oh which is you know people blow up about it but it's never directly stated to an audience what the problem is mm. and uh also just the the everything kind of falling apart i think if i have a complaint about this movie it's not entirely clear if they're meant to be popular or not because we go from the the scene where they're meant to be signing the album and no one shows up to the next scene, which is the, you know, maybe not the next one, but soon after we've got, you know, the one where they get lost trying to find the stage. Again, hilarious. Fucking and I'll, so good. I'll circle back around to that for a scene in a second. The point is, they have a crowd there. It's not a massive one, but there's plenty of people who are there psyched to be there. So it's like, how big are they meant to be? Or is, were they just opening for someone else? Or I don't know. It's it's a little inconsistent there, but um, yeah, who cares? Because uh, Paul Schaefer asked them to pick them in the butt. Uh, yeah, I, I had to look that up. I didn't recognize him at first with, you know, hair and no glasses. Yeah, and not being Paul Schaefer y. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I know because he has a quote of, I have two real claims to fame uh, riding its raining men and asking Spinal Tap to kick me in the butt. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Artie Fufkin as well. What a name. Like, Yeah, yeah. And he's also just that overly enthusiastic promoter who, like, clearly is actually a fan and it's just, like, psyched to be meeting everyone and all that. Yeah. Ah, that's good fun. Um, What do I want to cycle back to? The there? walking around backstage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, do you remember the uh, ad for Rock and Rolls? Of Way course. <laughs> yeah. They're somewhere. A virtual Trevor Trove lies within. Trevor, who's Trevor? It's just, and it's so on brand. I like, again, I'm assuming they just improvise that. But yeah, little pizza pocket snacks, I assume people know what I'm talking about, or they're just looking at their podcasting device very strangely right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think a pizza pocket is a pretty universal term for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are the rock and rolls. And like, it's funny, Christopher Guest actually has a pretty interesting history with advertising. Oh, like, really? there is a big thing with like, Australian actors aren't as willing to do ads as American actors. Mm. Like, I think it's part of our sort of tall poppy syndrome sort of thing. But, I mean, especially Christopher Guest, he just, he likes directing so much that, like, there's a bunch of, like, cereal commercials that he did that's just, like, you know, kids and cartoons eating cereal or whatever. And it's just, like, they just happen to be directed by Christopher Guest. All right. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. And, and he, yeah. And much in the same, he lent the spinal tap to a couple of different products, including, yeah, Australia's version of Pizza Pockets Rock and Rolls. Yeah. Yep. Th- this was There's an Australian way. only campaign. It is fucking weird. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now that's unexpected. Um, but okay, great. I, I was wondering what was the l- widespread reach for that. I got to see if these are on YouTube. Ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one particular episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, the one where they see Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's very classic early Simpsons in its comedy of a lot of that being very subtle and just in character delivery and stuff like that. And just, you know, a parody of the reality of a lot of these things. And yeah, there's there's some very Simpsons-esque elements to it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And yeah, Also, most- yeah, Harry Shearer definitely does his Brockman a few different times. Like, they're listening to the radio at one point, and I'm like, that's just Harry Shearer again. And then when they're at the airport, there's an announcement, I'm like, yep, there he is again. Oh, you reckon he was playing other characters in the movie? Uh, well, I like mean... the uh, intercom characters. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Ones. You have a professional voice actor, you may as well use him. Well, I will say, actually, I thought out of all of them, Harry's had probably the least consistent accent. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't worried about accent, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think he nailed the English accent that well, mm. which is interesting because now he's pretty well permanently based in England, I reckon. Yeah. 
yeah, footage of them now doing the Spinal Tap shtick. Yeah, he's a lot more solid now, I think, oh, yeah. just from Osmosis. He, he yeah, yeah, makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I think that's just because Chris Guest and Michael McKean are just so fucking solidly in those characters oh, yeah. that- All throughout. Yeah, they oh, they know him so well. It's oh, What a delight. You still haven't watched Better Call Saul yet, have you? No. Oh my God, Michael McKean is so, so good in it. I gotta yeah. get on that. I know, I know. I just haven't got- There's so many things- yeah, I know. It's almost the best time now because I don't know if you actually like... Yeah, it's wrapping up. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like to watch things week to week, yeah, yeah. Um, we're in the final few episodes yeah. right now. So, yeah. Now's the best time to binge on it. I don't tend to binge. I tend to do one a night. But, <laughs> oh. you know, that's good. That's it's good. it's still more frequently than in, they've been releasing episodes for so, sure. Uh, but yes yeah. no. Would you watch This Is Spinal Tap Again? Absolutely, I would. Same I'm definitely going to go on a quest to get that DVD, damn it. Yeah, I tried digging for it. I am now afraid that I might have passed it on to Goodwill. Um, oh, no. No, surely not. No, like I know I've got a couple of boxes that I still haven't opened, but yeah, like I moved house recently and yeah, I practically gave away a third of my DVD collection. Mm. It's just... They have no value yeah. on the resale market. You just Yeah, look, I gave away a bunch of mine as well, but I kept anything that was either limited or that I intend to watch again if I have yeah. time. So, you know, there's that kind of thing. So surely tap falls into both of those. I'd, I, I would have hoped so. I'm very mad at myself if I did. But then yeah. I'm glad that I might have passed it on to someone else for a bargain price. Yeah. Um, but what movie would this be a good double feature with? I ah, actually wrote a quick list. Uh, almost Famous, Some Kind of Monster, and Flight 666. Nice. Were, were my recommendations. Because I think I think threading this in between other documentaries would be very good. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to pair it up with Dewey Cox because... Yeah, yeah. Another parody. Yeah. Uh, like, But it's in a different way where mm. Dewey Cox is making fun of the biopic, whereas yeah. this is making fun of the documentary. Like, I th- there was a Bob Dylan one and the... Yeah, yeah. Was the last waltz before this as well? Well, Last Waltz is a concert with bits of documentary threaded in, so it's like 90% concert. That said, it's amazing, so see it. That's Scorsese um, yeah. filming the band's final performance. Um, but just adding to this question as well, you know, back in the day, there used to be like a Warner Brothers lead-in cartoon with some movies for some reason, uh, oh. probably being a Warner Brothers property, I guess. Yep, yep. Uh, what Simpsons episode would you lead in with this one? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a bit easier on this one, but I just wanted to plant the seed now so it's in yeah, there for yeah. future, no, future like starring it. Springfield. I like it as an idea. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, Bart Rockstar, whatever it's called. The Otter Show, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's not that, what else could we do? Um, the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like, documentary-style ones. So maybe, uh, but they're, they're, none of them are really quite the same tone. Um, yeah. Is that you or me? What? Uh, why am I got an alarm now? Hmm. Oh. Anyway, uh, um, t- the alarm note as well said, McDonald's snooze. <laughs> Tell McDonald's you're going to go take a nap <laughs> on one of their burgers. So I don't know about you, Beach, but like, I don't change the time of my alarms. I've just got like... A whole mm. shitload of alarms oh. saved. And I just changed the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so at some point, see there, like, oh, man, oh, what I, are I've you just doing? basically got all the times, and I just scroll through. Why? It. <laughs> How is that better? <laughs> well, because you got to enter in the time anyway. You may as well just scroll through and just find. Yeah, that's the closest one. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, some of my labels for them as well because of the way I do this. Yeah, often they're just notes from ages ago, and I've got no idea. Well, this one's mm-hmm. obvious. 1815, except when he's not. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got one that says, get shit together, tighten dogs. <laughs> tighten up those dogs. Uh, go to Marrickville. <laughs> I've been just, living just here for go. a while. I mean, yeah. Message Nathan. I don't know which Nathan this is. Yeah, just just message all of them. Neil will call soon. <laughs> Did he? The mysteries. <laughs> Weird Al pinball alarm. <laughs> What? Um, I set that one because it was like 1am or something and uh, Weird Al announced he's making this pinball machine. Oh, and I right. was like, oh my God, I have to make sure I remember that tomorrow and tell dad and yeah, yeah. look up the price. And, it, and it's like fucking four and a half grand or something. Yeah, pinball like, machines are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a tangent. Um, mm. What would you like to change in this movie? Oof. Um, not too much. It does slow down towards the tail end, but that said, by then you're kind of invested in the story. Yeah. 
So if it was starting to lag for me, it's because I knew what was going to happen. I was just kind of waiting for it to happen. That's a, that's a product of me having seen this multiple times. But I mean, like a lot of good Simpsons episodes, they front load with a lot of jokes. And then once you're invested, you kind of peter off with jokes and keep with the story. So I don't know if there's much of anything I would change. You got anything? Because I can't think of anything off the top of my head that disappoints me in any way. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's something that it's just... I imagine this movie was setting the standard for a lot of movies to come after it. And mm. we do say this uh, sometimes. It's unfortunate that a lot of these things have become cliche because mm-hmm. I'm sure at the time of this movie releasing, this was groundbreaking in uh, cinema. And yep. it's just, you know, the interfering girlfriend is a bit of a trope at this yeah, stage. Yeah. I feel like this movie has a decent enough spin on it and like gives her a lot of character that a lot of those tropey characters don't often have. Yeah, she's got something going on. And I do like that she and David, and only towards the end does he kind of get a bit annoyed by her, but they don't have like a uh, fire and ice relationship or anything. He, he seems to genuinely wander around. Yeah, well, they um, don't break up at the end, which I think is mm. um, monumental to that because that'd be the story plot you, that you're expecting is that, yeah, 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 they break up and get the band back together and fuck the woman, you know? like Yeah, who needs you anyway, bitch? Ah, a spinal tap. So, yeah, it does sort of seem to be a bit more complex than that. But, yeah, I think you're right. It does drag around the tail end. And, yeah, for a less than 90-minute movie, it does feel longer than it is. Mm. Um, and Not I by think, much. By maybe 10 minutes, but yeah. No, and, and I think that I felt the similar sentiment with The Mighty Wind as well. When you've got, yeah, just a, a movie built on improv... There's, mm. it's not going to have as good pacing as something that was pre-written. And so, I mean, in a way, it gets a few more points because of that, that it's so cohesive. And especially because this thing was whittled down from apparently over 100 hours of footage made. Yeah, no, I remember on that DVD that I watched many moons ago, um, I do remember the being the special feat, the deleted scenes was basically another movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and apparently they're planning a sequel. That, oh, I'm so worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, it could, because there's a lot of, you know, again, uh, calling to Flight 666, which is the Iron Maiden uh, documentary movie made, mm. you know, I mean, Maiden's always been consistently popular, but this is not their prime. Um, and if the movie has a problem, it's the band members have clearly been playing together for the last 40 years. There's not a lot of conflict or drama. They're just going through the motions of a tour. Yeah. Uh, so it's And it's not... Like these guys where they're kind of having an ebb and flow, you know, Iron Maiden consistently have sold out arenas and stadiums yeah, and exactly. shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's a successful band getting along and drinking tea while their lead singer yeah. flies the fucking plane. Like, Yeah, yeah, which is very, it's cool to see uh, a band on that scale and a behind the scenes tour of that. Yeah. Um, but that said, if you want any kind of story or drama, it's not too much there. But the footage of them in like South America is wild because they are mm. insanely popular in South America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was, what was my point? Oh, yeah, so, but I mean, that said, there was, I didn't see it, but uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil was what So of, good. Yeah, and I've heard very good things about it. And that's about, you know, a mid-level band that never quite broke huge uh, touring again and um, yeah. or st- continuing to tour. So, I mean, there's definitely grounds for it. I just hope that it brings what worked about this to it. But yeah, I'm not optimistic because how often has a comedy sequel, you know, decades later worked out? Yeah, and this is, uh, I feel like I keep bringing this up with you. The Pentaveret for me was Mm -hmm. a huge exercise in challenging my skepticism whether a Mike Myers thing could work in the year 2022. Mm -hmm. I will say, if you um, (laughs) just fucking, uh, you know, go limp and go along for the ride, (laughs) in the end, it has a really good point about Mm -hmm. him and his place in pop culture, like... It's a bit of a journey to get there, and there's some really fucking lazy bad humor in it throughout. But my point is that, yeah, I think comedians can surprise, and especially some yeah. of the old guard like these guys or Mike Myers or something like that can still surprise and have a story that's fit and works in the modern age. Yeah. I mean, if they bring that same sense of subtlety to it, uh, I think it could do quite well, but it's... It's a very niche audience already, and uh, I just worry they're not going to get the humor the same way. 
I mean, story-wise, who knows if it's going to be mostly improvised. But, you know, the idea, I guess there's two ideas. Either Tap never stopped, and this is them telling that story. Probably more likely they'll be doing a reunion tour. And that's a big thing in rock uh, rock music anyway. Lots of old acts have come back together after decades of fighting and whatever else. Yep. Yeah, and then do the old... We'll play the our best album start to finish because <laughs> you don't want to hear our new shit. No, well, usually there isn't new shit because they're just re- on the reunion tour. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would want to remain you know optimistic as best I could, but mm. yeah. But also these fucking twenty thirty in this case fucking over forty years later movies, uh, you know just, yeah, they don't work. <laughs> Look at yeah, no farther I mean, than Zoolander, Anchorman two. Do I go? Yeah. On? <laughs> I mean, it's just. Comedy is one of the genres that changes the most from year to year, from, you know, decade to decade, year to year, generation, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you know, you can watch an old horror movie and yeah, maybe the effects don't stand up, but if it's well done, it usually still works. Uh, Jaws is a great example. I think Jaws is a fantastic film and that was, you know, ages ago Um, or Alien or whatever. Um, But comedies usually not so much. Performances are usually what carry old comedies and if they work, but usually the jokes are a bit, you know, all the Leslie Nielsen stuff works because Leslie Nielsen is a charming bastard. The jokes are silly and stupid, but it's the kind of character he brings to them that tends to... I, that said, I've not seen one for pff, 10 years. Yeah. But if you tried to make one today, I just don't think that would fly unless you had someone who could really sell those jokes. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, comedy dates like fucking milk. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I was, thinking, I was trying to think the other day, what's like, what was the last big comedy that really hit and people genuinely liked? I think it's like... The fucking hangover. That's what two thousand seven or something. I don't. I don't know. I didn't look that up, but that's the last one I can remember being largely universally praised. And I'm sure it probably wouldn't fly too well now. Yeah. Um. Fuck. All I can think about is Jackass Forever, and it's like that's not really the same. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you laugh at it, but it's not a comedy in the sense of it tells jokes. Yeah. Um. The Bob Burgers movie did well. Did you see that yet? Yeah, I saw it on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's not amazing. If you're not already a fan, you won't become one. Uh, but I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's just a big episode. Um, yeah. I think there's too much shading in it. Like, I really wish they pulled back on the. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a weird because obviously it's a new animation style for the big screen for whatever reason, and yeah. there's just the lighting effect and shading on them makes them look weird. And you get you get used to it, but I don't know why they did that. It's like we've watched ten years of this show, we know what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, any animation does it. Like the Simpsons, oh, back yeah. to the Flintstones and Jetsons movies. The- yeah. Yeah, they just throw in extra shading and then it's like ready for the big screen. But Yeah, I don't I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, the Bob's Burgers character and design is so purposefully flat that mm-hmm. like and I mean South Park didn't go to that extra effort when they did their movie, so yeah, mm. it can work without it. All right, I think we are here, BT. Are you ready for um note battle time? Uh indeed. So I'm just also looking at my notebook, which I naturally uh doodled all doodled yeah, doodled all over. Yep. So I've got like a flaming skull, uh, the Spinal Tap logo, just rock and roll written with all caps. Uh, I do also quickly want to know why we don't have a Spinal Tap guitar hero. Because that would be fun. I'm trying to remember. I, mean, I don't even know if they had any songs on any of the guitar heroes. I mean, I want to jam out Big Bottom. That sounds fun. <laughs> Bit of Stonehenge. Huh. Uh, I don't know how you recreate playing a guitar with a violin on a... Uh, Guitar Hero Controller, but find a way. (laughs) Yeah, a violin hero controller smacked against a Guitar Hero. (laughs) Apparently, Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight was on uh, Guitar Hero 2. Okay, nice, nice. It's good to know it's out there somewhere. Um, Why did I write Electric Banana? Because that's the name of the club he first sees Spinal Tap at. And there's something about him just going, don't try to find it's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. That really kind of cements the idea of reality for some reason. Um, Because you didn't have to, you could just say, I saw them at this club and keep moving. The fact that he stops to say, but it's not there anymore, I think helps sell the concept of this being real in the weirdest way, but I think it works. Yeah, absolutely. N- nice detailing and uh, fleshing mm-hmm. out the universe here. Yes, details. The deets. That's right. And that's when he's saying 17 years and 15 albums. And my night uh, note there is, <laughs> what are they, King Gears? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. A lot of bands used to just crank out albums like crazy. Like Credence are fucking ridiculous for that. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah. Until they imploded. 
Um, my bit is the whole, um, well, of course, we were the, what is it, the Tudor Doyles originally, and then we turned to the Originals, but there was another <laughs> band called the Originals, and then we became the New Originals, and they went to something else, because then we could go back to being the New Originals, or, I don't know, it's just, it's a good little rant, I like it. Man, that's one of those ones that if I was on set there, I'd have to be escorted out, because I, don't, I, I could not stop laughing through that bit. It is yeah. so organically funny. <laughs> Yeah, and again, these are stories you hear about some bands finding their their names. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, many of the drummers dying. You know, he choked on his own vomit. Of course, it was someone else's vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and oh, just the banter on that of like they don't know whose vomit because you can't really dust vomit for Prince. <laughs> it was just like fucking hell. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, mine is when okay for a second they're playing "Give Me Some Money" on uh, Pop Look and Listen. And the music notation on the back is wrong. And I'm like, oh, shit, is that the same wrong as in Lisa's class? Because I thought that would be such a deep cut if it was. No, uh, it's not. Uh. I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. didn't I didn't take note of that. I, I'll, I might try. I mean, and- it, it arguably isn't. It is 3-4, uh, but the notation, the stave doesn't say 3-4. So usually oh, right. when a stave doesn't specify, it's usually default 4-4. Four, four. Um, but that said, it is technically 3-4. Huh. Uh, but Lisa's is still wrong. In a box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fran Drescher's in this movie. I know, and she's kind of she's great. Yeah, it's. I think it's unfortunately brief. Like, yeah, yeah, because she clearly has a good sense of improv and whatever. And like mm. her conversation with Ian, is it about the yeah. album cover? Is yeah. fucking fantastic. She's so good. Yeah, and it's very organic to the problem of uh, you know it's a sexist cover, blah blah blah. And then like the band's banter later of you know what's wrong with it being sexy? No, no, not sexy, sexist. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and just the solution to that, just make the completely black cover, which is like, it's like, how much more black could it get? And the answer is no, no, no more black. No more black, yeah. God, it's good. Yeah, uh, it's so funny, like, because then years later, Metallica would do I was the- about to say, how far off the black album are we? Yeah, that was like 1991, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just... I know they've seen this movie. I've seen an interview with James Hetfield going, yeah, that bit from the backstage, that's literally happened to us a couple of times. <laughs> it's, he said it's why they prefer playing arenas because mm. it's so much clearer where to go uh, when it's in the middle of the crowd <laughs> rather than the stage yeah, yeah. in a theatre. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, what you got? Oh, um, they have that party has mimes as waiters. And I don't know why that's so funny, but it really is. Did you pick one of the mimes? Oh, I did not. Who was it? Billy Crystal. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. One of my, I had to stop and look at that up uh, moments. Because, yeah, mm. he says, come on, mime is money. And it didn't yeah. click to him, me then. But when he spoke, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I like that as a hidden detail. It's good. I forgot to mention as well, when I brought up Fran Drescher um, in my research, I found that apparently in the in an episode of The Nanny, um, mm-hmm. she played Bobby Fleckman in a, uh, that oh, as really? well. Yeah, she pulled double <laughs> duty. Nice. There's a connected universe. That's yeah, cool. and uh, the storyline was something like she was worried that Mr. Sheffield uh, thought she was attractive, so she decided to pretend to be her. Like oh, that's confusing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like we we're expecting the nanny to have a good plot line, but it's interesting that she decided to bring this character yeah, re- into reprise, that universe. Like, I just—it's hard for me to gauge how big this movie is or was, rather. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's had a big cultural impact, but memes are hard to define. How how many people actually saw the movie based off the memes? And Morb is a good example of that. Yeah. Just because it memes doesn't mean anyone saw it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, my next note is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, still thinking about the change. Please bring Morbius back a third time. We promise. We were just busy that last weekend. Ah, <laughs> oh, it is so. God, it is so weird. Of just. Uh, I think we, uh, we've discussed it before. I don't know if it was on this podcast. I don't know if there's ever historically been an example of a, a movie studio getting trolled into re-releasing yeah. a movie. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's uh, amazing. Sometimes the internet does pretty good work. God, it's amazing. Um, yeah, so my other note was, uh, we've mentioned Todd in the Shadows train records before. Uh, apparently, Shit Sandwich was a uh, possible title for his show Train Records. Oh, really? In <laughs> reference to Shark Sandwich, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Train Records a lot better. Yeah, it works. But, it's yeah. a much more general, but I enjoy the reference. Intravenous de Milo is an, another great album <laughs> name for theirs. <laughs> I, I can just imagine the room where they're sitting around like spitballing on album name ideas and oh. just it has to be that perfect level of stupid but feasible yeah 
No, absolutely. Um, and something that inspires good album art as well. Like, Yeah, and you can imagine these guys really thinking, intravenous, that's such a clever name. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, so Rob Reiner throughout is wearing an SS Oral C shirt, and I was like, that's weird, O-O-R-A-L. I'm like, is that like a term? Is this a reference to something? So I Googled it. Apparently, it was originally the SS Coral Sea, but because that's an actual ship, they would need permission from the Navy to use it. And so the production designer was like, I'll just turn that C to an O. Uh, and that was it. So I, I thought it was just an interesting little uh, tidbit. Um, another interesting tidbit, uh, the reason why they decided to sing Heartbreak Hotel at Elvis's mm-hmm. grave, it's because it's the only song that they could clear. And then uh-huh. they were like, that's perfect. It's so inappropriate to sing at a grave. Like, not that it's inappropriate <laughs> offensive, it's just inappropriate. Like, why? Why this one? Yeah, because that's just the first one they started doing and they get the harmonies wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking fantastic. Uh, the whole backstage thing with this miniature bread. And it's like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with this? Like, fuck, that's funny. Again, just uh, really playing off the you know, cliche of the over-entitled yeah, but, rock star. Yeah, yeah. And I like, again, it's not called to... Bread. But there's a, a plate of like opened up Oreos next to him. Yeah. And I don't know if he's meant to have opened them or someone has pre-opened his Oreos. But again, oh, it's yeah. just there. And I like, again, there are so many just small details. Maybe it's from a deleted scene. I don't know. But it's just, I don't know. It's funny. And then with the Oreos, this one's filled up and this one's got nothing in it. <laughs> it's a catastrophe. <laughs> but a professional, I'll move past it. Uh, it's, uh, when they bump into that other musician in the lobby and he's like, oh, I'd love to stay and chat, but we have to go wait for the limo. It's just, yeah. like, <laughs> it's just such a subtle dig and I like it. Uh, just how their faces change from smiles and politeness. A wanker. Like oh, a wanker. such a wanker. Oh, yeah. And just another minor one while I'm on it. Uh, when Nigel's playing his solo and he tilts, he power stands, tilts back too far and has to be helped up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he uh, doesn't miss a beat, so. No. Oh, and more on stage antics. The fucking pods. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> God, that is so good. Derek's just doesn't open and he's still playing bass the whole time and he's like the stagehand's like trying to do it subtly and then he's yeah. just fucking pulling out Wailing of the that, Which actually then happened in real real life with to U2. They had like a big metallic lemon or something they were in and it just didn't open. Oh yeah, they they were dragging that thing around for their pop mart tour. That's yeah, fucking yeah. great. I the didn't know that. The fact that this precedes that, <laughs> yeah, oh. is just gold. Yeah, Simpsons fucking predicted it. Yeah, you could imagine. Yeah, you could pull up a Spinal Tap predicted it. Fucking like again, worst. as as the movie even says, there's a fine line between stupid and clever, and I think that's a great example of this movie. It is just on the line of clever. Yeah, I mean, because even that pods joke, like it ends, of course, it finally opens at the mm. end of the song. But then him like clumsily getting back into it as well. Yeah, no, is I, just... I forgot it closed on his arm when he tries to get <laughs> yes. back in. Like that, like I'm like I'm sitting there grinning already because it's such a classic bit. But I've forgotten that. And I just burst out laughing when it closes on his arm and he just tries to play it off. Like, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so good. Oh uh, yeah, that was my note. What's your note? Uh, there's a bit when they're just talking about when uh, they made it big with Listen to the Flower People, and they're like, yeah, we toured the world, we toured the States. Just <laughs> And again, knowing that so how many British bands tried to break the American market and struggled, and this was a big, big problem, and they would be huge everywhere else, but just never crack the States for some reason. Yeah. Again, it's it's one of those things you kind of have to know to get what they're t- why they're talking about it, but yeah, it's funny. Which makes the inverse of Sparks all the more hilarious, yeah. Yeah. An American <laughs> band that then made it big in England and then yeah, well, that repeatedly happened well. tried to go back home, but <laughs> their homeland didn't want yeah. them. No, I know um, Hendrix blew up in the in the UK before yeah, the United States, so, you know, it happens. Um, the lovely piano piece is mm. like in D minor, the saddest of all the keys. And I mean, Rob- I, don't, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> and just Robert, it's really pretty. Yeah, really delicate. What's it called? Lick my love pump. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful yeah, uh, fucking joke. Nails that. Uh, also, during the whole pod malfunction thing, Nigel's playing like a very tiny, almost Daisy Rock guitar. Yeah, I noticed and, that this time. It's yeah, so I, hilariously I it small. From, yeah, I just, I don't, again, I feel like maybe this is a, a deleted scene or something, but it's a nice, there's just so many little details. No, for real, for real. Oh, yeah, Derek Small's going through the metal detector as well. It's a yeah, great yeah. bit. I kind of almost wish that didn't end with the fucking cucumber thing. I, yeah. I just wish it just ended with a, like, because I, I thought that was the joke that it was a Prince mm. Albert, you know, yeah, yeah. piercing that it was triggering. And I didn't, yeah, remember that it was a cucumber wrapped in alfoil. <laughs> okay, saying yeah, that out loud, you, that's kind of funny. Couldn't do that in an airport these days. No. Get randomly selected for additional screening. 
It's actually funny. Uh, ages ago, I was talking to some comedian mates of mine, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, we learned the other day that you don't, um, you know, because the name for a comedian not doing well on stage is called bombing." And <laughs> yeah, they were just laughing, saying, "Yeah, don't talk about your bad gigs at airports." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I still like the meme of um guy playing CS:GO at the airport, and it says, "Like bomb has been planted." It's like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when Janine first takes over the band and like has a bind, it's like, oh yeah, she's doing a good job. And then you find out it's full of the Zodiac stuff. I think this is a really good turn because she goes, she has a bind. And you're like, oh wow, she's actually really putting some effort in, but it's effort in the wrong place. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, sorry, bring it back to Janine as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. her whole Dublin Dolby thing—that's just a great running gag. <laughs> yeah, but again, it it shows the conflict between her and Nigel, where he's like yeah. finding the one thing she said that's wrong is picking at it. Yeah. Mm. What you got? Uh, okay, when they go to the Air Force Base and play Sex Farm and the radio chatter starts to come through yeah. Nigel's guitar. And then later on, it's still doing it anyway, even though they're not at the Air Force Base. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, meeting yeah. them at the Air Fred Force Willard. Base, Fred Willard. Fucking yeah. old mate. Yeah. I had, to, I had to write down that guy because I forgot his name right until now. <laughs> but yeah, and then him going... Oh, I can't talk. My hair's getting a bit shaggy. Wouldn't want to stand too close to you. They might think I'm in the band. He's such a <laughs> dork. I love him. Yeah, yeah. He's that exact Fred Willard you just love. Yeah. I um, might be out. Have you got any other I got a couple more. Uh, I love, uh, if I told them once, I told them a thousand times, it's Spinal Tap and Puppet Show. But you got the bigger dressing room. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the sign saying, yeah, Puppet Show and Spinal Tap. And they did it before. The hotel welcomes the cast production of The Wiz and Spinal Tap. <laughs> Such a good little detail to get second billing to fucking puppets yeah. and The Wiz. But not only that, it's you're so small, the hotel isn't hiding that you're there. Yeah. Like normally a hotel for a big rock star would, you know, put you under a pseudonym, but uh, they're putting it on the marquee. Yeah. And I like when, you know, they think the band's broken up. So it's like, now we've got po- time for all those dozens of side projects we've had, like Saucy Jack, the musical about Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and even at the end, they're like, you know what? I, uh, pe- people should envy us. We've got so much time now. Oh, I envy us. Yeah, yeah I envy us. And it's yeah. just like, uh, <laughs> think it'd be happy working a, a salesman in a shop. And it's like, you really think you do? Well, what are oh, the yeah. hours? <laughs> Such a good line to end it on. Fucking hell. Yep. Um, I like. I, I don't know how intentional this is, but they've got when after Nigel leaves, they've got a banner in the back that says "Tap Lives," and I'm like, oh, have they had to not call themselves Spinal Tap because maybe he owns half that or something, oh. and they have to call themselves Tap Lives, kind of like Caius lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Um. Yeah. That's all my notes. Uh. Yeah. I think so. Me too. I'm out. All right, let's mm-hmm. rank this thing in a moment. Hold your mm-hmm. horses. Hold them horses. We want to thank you heroes out there on Patreon. And, you know, I mentioned the Bob's Burgers movie lately, and I've been, once again, on a Bob's Burgers binge lately. So oh, BBB. let's do Bob's Burgers ones. I am ready when you are. All right, so want to send out a big thank you to Grant Prusy, And who's going to do that? Of course, Tina. <laughs> I got to have to shift down like a decibel. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I can't, I'm too nervous. <laughs> That's my bit. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if you could then thank 16 ounce mouse as. Uh, let's get Zeke. Oh, come here, 16 ounce mouse. I want to wrestle you. And I want to thank you. Hey, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> um, Philip Wolf. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jr. wants to thank you. Hey, Philip Wolf, you want to come see my dance moves after school? They're pretty good. That's the way I'm going to thank you with my saucy dancing. That's a terrible <laughs> Jimmy Jr. I'm very sorry. You should have seen the dance that Peach was doing at the same yeah. time, though, Phil Look, Wolf. God, I know. God damn. I'm pretty, pretty sure Phil hasn't watched Bob's Burgers, so uh, he doesn't know. <laughs> but if you could thank Timothy Burleson as... Oh, the librarian. I love him. <laughs> Books are stupid. I want to thank you, Timothy Burleson. Yes, I do. Normally the bit is that I say the opposite whispering, but this time I'm not. Because I really want to. I want to thank you so much. <laughs> My best Billy Eichner there. Yep. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. L- uh, no, Linda wants to thank you. Hey, Stephanie. All right. Thank you so much. Come over here. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, if you could thank Chris Tarr in the style of Aunt Gail. 
Oh, Chris Tar, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And Mr. Business wants to thank you, too. <laughs> I love Mr. Business's and cat name. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I actually did watch that episode just the other day where they all get fucking addicted to eating cat food. It's so good. <laughs> Don't remember that one. Azoko Loco. Oh, let's go. Jing. Azoko Loco, I like your name because it rhymes and I can put it into a new song I wrote for you. Just a thank you. That's the best I got. It's not a very gene bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> then you play your uh, synthesizer. That's the thing. If I don't have a synthesizer, it's hard to do a gene. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, Freezer, if you could thank them in the style of, ooh, let's say Miss LeBons. <laughs> Hello, Freezer, darling. I'm just about to go out for a smoke break, but before I do, I just want to thank you for being such a wonderful hero. That's why I wanted you to do LeBons. I know you can nail it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> David James Young, DJY. Uh, yeah, Louise wants to thank you. God, I'm trying to think of where the pitch even starts. <laughs> I'm never going to share my ears with anyone, but if I do, it'll be with you, DJ. Why? <laughs> I don't know what happened to the end of the anniversary. You are a horse. Uh, half this bit, half this bit is me apologizing. Up. <laughs> um, if you could thank Paul Salt in the style of Bob. Uh, hey Paul Salt. Uh, want to thank you. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna name a signature burger after you'll have salt on it. <laughs> It'll be the assault and battery burger comes with salt and batteries. <laughs> assault and battered, so it's a battered patty. Oh, that uh, that'd actually be. Yeah, I want that. Maybe delicious. That? Yeah. yeah, salty okay, battered patty. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> salt and pepper burger. Nice. <laughs> uh, and finally, Paul Goodman. Uh, Teddy wants to thank you. Hey, Paul, you need anything fixed around your house? I'll come be your best friend. Why don't we be best friends? We should be more friends and hang out more often. Ah. <laughs> That's Teddy, all right. It's yeah. time to rank this thing. BT, what would you like to rank this oh, Spinal Tap? God, this is tough. I, I'm so tempted by a cubic. Because um, there's really not a lot I want to change. I do agree. It, it drops by the end, and it's hard to... Again, I think that's more my sense of it having seen it so many times because i know what's coming i'm just waiting for it to happen and i know there's not a lot of jokes between then and there um oof. you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna try it on let's go with the cubic zirconia oh you're not even saying the other option you're just going straight I'm, up cubic? I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna sit in it like a warm bath and see how it feels well our first cubic zirconia mm. for um starring springfield it's just so good and iconic yeah i mean see here's the thing with the cubic it's like uh, you know, Cubic's essential. Uh, mm. This is a movie where I know a lot. Not a lot of people are going to get it. Like, yeah, no, that's that was exactly what I was just thinking. Because I was telling a friend about this podcast the other day, and they're like, "Oh, what are you going to do next?" I'm like, "Oh, this is Spinal Tap." Wow, like, oh, what's that? I'm like, mm, you've never seen it. But then I'm like, "Well, they don't really listen to music." So I'm like, "Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of things you're not going to get. Watch Best in Show that has dogs in it. Everyone can get on board with that." Yeah, I think there's definitely a Christopher Guest movie that's more relatable to mm. s- someone else, but I think that's the beauty of it. Like, yeah, A Mighty Wind and This Is Spinal Tap are going to appeal to us being, you know, hardcore yeah. music fans. But, I mean, having said that, so does Best in Show and Mascots and fucking everything else that they've done. I've, I've uh, never watched a dog show, but it's a dog show. Right? And they're yeah. dogs. That's all I need to get. But yeah, I'm going to Cubic as well for this one. Like, this movie, um, there was some fucking uh, American library of fucking important movies that this yeah, made the cut of. Uh, the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Or I, the Libra- Library of Congress, one or the other. Like, it is just so innovative in so many ways. And I, th- mm. and I understand if it's going to be lost on you because it's a lot of the things that it's set up and now cliches, like I yeah. said before. But Well, so is the mockumentary style. This was the first. Yeah. Um, so. But uh, yeah, for me, this was such an important movie growing up and uh, I don't know, as a rock and roll fan coming of age in the 2000s, it hit just as home to me as it I think it would have in the 80s. Yeah. So yeah. Honestly, that makes me feel a bit more cemented in it because, you know, no Spinal Tap, that's the style that they used in The Office, Parks and Rec, all these other movies that you would not have if it wasn't laying the groundwork with This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah, absolutely. To do the documentary style and turn mm. it on its head in a time where it would have been so young, like, yeah. and that it hasn't really aged, like we said, like a lot of comedies did. Man, mm. uh, I mean, there are a couple of dodgy moments, yeah, you know, but 
all things considered, yeah, mm. it, it has aged very well considering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The most unrealistic thing is being able to pull jokes in an airport. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that about does it for starring Springfield this mm-hmm. week. Uh, yeah, I've been Elliot J. O'Neill. That's been BT Callaway. And that's all the film on the reel. Or is that your line? No, oh, it's yours. Oh, I go well. fluff, 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 afterwards. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hey, we hope you enjoyed that preview episode of Starring Springfield, which is a podcast that is available on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. Links are in the show notes below. And yeah, for five bucks a month, you will get a bonus podcast every week, access to our back catalogue of over 100 podcasts at this stage, and also you will get to tell us what movies you want to hear us review on Starring Springfield. As long as they star a cast member of The Simpsons, they're all good. All right, so go check that out at patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. Thank you for listening once again. I'm Elliot J. O'Neill, and that's all the mustard in the house.